1: beyond cyber hygiene, secure by design. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Dr. Ronald S. Ross, computer scientist and fellow at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Great to see you again, Ron.
0: Hey, Tanya, it's great to be back with you again today.
1: Refresh your understanding of the role you play at NIST related to uh, US cybersecurity.
0: Well, I've actually been at NIST almost 25 years, and I'm a NIST fellow, and I work in the division that produces cybersecurity standards and guidelines. So you'll see things like the NIST Security and Privacy Controls Document, our Risk Management Framework, and more recently, I've been working on System Security Engineering publications, trying to get systems to be secured by design. And that's my passion, and, and that's really where I'm focused at this time.
1: You're contributing to an update of the NIST Special Publication 800-160, Volume 2. Start by explaining the purpose and importance of Volumes 1 and 2 of this publication.
0: Well, Volume 1 is our our flagship engineering publication, and that really focuses on lifecycle design, integrating security early and throughout the lifecycle so you can get systems that are actually secured by design. So you you can't bolt security on after the fact. It has to be designed into the system. Much like safety and reliability, it's an emergent property of that system. Volume two, our second engineering publication focused on what does it mean to have a cyber resilient system? A system that can anticipate and withstand a cyber attack by a very sophisticated adversary and not go down for the count. It can continue to operate and support critical missions and business operations even if it's doing that in in some kind of a degraded or debilitated state, I call it kind of limping over the goal line.
1: Okay. We know that basic cyber hygiene is not enough and that penetrate and patch is not a winning strategy. But as you said, secure by design is where we need to be. So what are the attributes of a secure by design system?
0: Well, secure by design starts out and it looks at uh, the types of assets that these systems are going to protect. And it says how much how much loss can I actually sustain uh, in my critical or my mission essential operations or assets? And then the system is designed specifically to prevent that type of asset loss. Now, cyber hygiene is a great thing, and we have to do that. Those are the things that customers do every day, using a firewall, encrypting uh, your data in transmission and at rest, uh, using two-factor authentication. But there's a lot of things that go on. I call it below the waterline. That's where the hardware, the software, the firmware, and all the systems come together. That's a capability that's produced by industry. So in some sense, I use the analogy of an automobile. If if an automobile manufacturer just gave you a seatbelt and decided to stop there and they didn't do uh, airbags or steel reinforced doors or engine compartments that drop down. All of those safety features are built into the automobile. And those are the things that we need to focus on in the secure by design. So customers don't have to worry about opening up an an email attachment or clicking on a link. That's a lot to ask from people who are worried about their day-to-day jobs. We need to give them systems that are inherently more secure. And that's the job of industry. And that's what we're trying to focus on in these publications.
1: So to your point, many of the recent headline grabbing hacks found their way in with much more sophistication than just by opening a tainted email. If I can't trust a firmware or OS update furnished by a system integrator or device manufacturer, how do I protect my systems?
0: Well, that's a, it's a great question and it's that's the point of the solarwinds attack that opened up uh, an entirely new discussion about your supply chain, the people that you trust, you know, those software updates, people that are sending you things from a trusted location. Uh, that is part of the overall ecosystem. And so when we talk about cybersecurity, it's not just you protecting your systems, but all of your partners have to do their part. And it shows that the adversaries will go to the weakest link. And if they can get into the supply chain and like what happened in SolarWinds, they, they started with uh, a weak credential, escalating uh, privileges after a password was compromised and then they own the system and they can get into the development side of the house and they can install malicious code in an update that's gonna go out to thousands and thousands of customers. The update was signed, it was trusted, and a customer looks at that and says, hey, I'm good to go because it's coming from my trusted source, when in reality, the adversary had already penetrated deep inside that system and that software cannot be trusted. So it really goes to show that security has to transcend every organization, All different parts of the organization from development to the operation side to the customer side it's all part of the same ecosystem and and we have to really work hard. To increase our level of security and trustworthiness in every one of these components that go into these critical systems.
1: what improvements and revisions might we expect to see in 800-160 when the update is complete? And more importantly, how will a security by design mindset be reflected in the document?
0: Well, we're working on both documents simultaneously. The volume two, revision one, was just published about two weeks ago. And that focuses on cyber resilient systems. And I equate this to the, the human immune system. You know, you, your, your immune system in your body Handles about 98% of the bad things that can happen, bacteria, viruses. Occasionally you get something like COVID-19 or you know, cancer that you're that overwhelms the immune system. But for the most part, the body does a great job. We're trying to get that same mindset with our volume two publication on cyber resilient systems. So in this particular update, and the draft is on our website now, we've we've kind of standardized on the MITRE attack framework. And what they've done in that attack framework they've looked at every part of an adversary's attack sequence, and they understand very well how the adversary's tactics and techniques roll out in these attack sequences. And what we've done is we've taken our our NIST security controls and all of the, the cyber resiliency techniques and approaches in the publication, and we've mapped those to every one of those adversarial tactics and techniques. So now customers who have 95% of our systems are legacy. They're installed base. They're already out there. They're operating day-to-day operations. You can't just buy a new system or do a major upgrade. So the guidance in this document tells you how to take those techniques and those approaches and make your system more cyber resilient with actual real world attack uh, techniques and, and uh, things that the adversary is actually using to, uh, to break into these systems.
1: Where can our audience go to find your publications and how much do they cost?
0: Well, the good news is the publications are free, but actually they're not free because you've already paid for them as taxpayers. You pay my salary and our job is to bring you the best cybersecurity standards and guidelines we can. They're all available on our great website at CSRC. Dot NIST.gov. And that's our, our main website. It's the uh, Computer Security uh, Resource Center. has all of our standards and guidelines. It has the frameworks, the controls, the engineering guidelines. And again, if anybody has any questions about anything in, in the NIST uh, suite of standards and guidelines, all they have to do is send me an email or call me on my cell phone. It operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every one of you out there, you're our customers and we value uh, you very much. And you help us uh, make these publications better by commenting on them uh, during the public review uh, cycle that we're in right now on our NIST 800 volume two publication.
1: Thanks so much again for your time. Dr. Ronald S. Ross, computer scientist and fellow at the National Institute for Standards and Technology. Well, we know how to find the work. How can we follow you though, Ron?
0: Well, I'm actually, uh, my email, at my official email is ron.ross at nist.gov. And you can also follow me on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I do a lot of articles and try to keep up with the latest things that are going on in cybersecurity, offer a different perspective. And and then I kind of steer you back to some of the the work that we've done at NIST. And again, it's my passion. And I just love uh, getting up every day and doing this work. And thank you again for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about what we love to do. Of course, Ron,
1: I follow all of your posts on LinkedIn. You have some great advice there. Thanks again for joining us.
0: Thanks, Tanya. Have a great day.
1: You too. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.